Empower Radio presents The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. I trust something you hear in this next hour will open you to a new understanding of the phrase, love heals. What do I mean? Well, we often hear that love is the most powerful source of healing, regardless of whether we're talking about mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, or relational wounds. In fact, we often hear that love is the most powerful social change agent we have in the world. But how do we harness the power of love? How do we bottle that potent elixir that promises to mend a broken life or heal a fractured soul? How can we use the medicine of love to change the world? Our guest today leads a powerful community of women who are healing from prostitution, trafficking, and addiction. Love has not only helped to heal the individual women, but through community, it has transformed their lives while creating a beautiful, sustainable, and replicable model of social change on our planet. They're a living example of love in action, and that love is the most powerful force for change in the world, a force for good. So, What if we're not called to change the world? Maybe we are simply called to love it. I invite you to take a few deep breaths. Bring your awareness into this moment. Open your mind. Connect with your heart. And settle into your essential wholeness as I introduce our guest. Becca Stevens is many things. An Episcopal priest, author, speaker, social entrepreneur, and founder and president of Thistle Farms, the largest social enterprise in the U.S. run by survivors. She has been featured in the New York Times, on ABC World News, NPR, PBS, and CNN. In 2011, the White House named Becca as champion of change for her work against domestic violence. She was featured in the PBS documentary, A Path Appears, named Humanitarian of the Year by the Small Business Council of America, as well as the T.J. Martell Foundation, inducted into the Tennessee Women's Hall of Fame, and recently named a 2016 CNN hero. And it's so well-deserved. You are going to hear so much more. She's an international voice for the growing global movement for women's freedom and a fervently hopeful and determined loving champion for the marginalized. Welcome, Becca. Thank you so much for having me. I'm grateful. Mm. Well, I am thrilled to have you here. Your story has intrigued me and so many of my colleagues for 
just months and months and months since we had a, a really important conversation about the work you're doing uh, about a year and a half ago. And so I reached out and we finally got this scheduled. I think you had some time off and we were booked. So I'm thrilled to have you. Thank you, Becca, for coming. I, um, I can't wait to tell your story, but if you've never listened to our show before, we have a traditional first question that I like to pose to our guests to kind of set our conversation in a bigger construct, a, a meme that that we're working with here. So I want to start with that, Becca, and ask you, what does all things connected mean to you? I think it means that the lines... Sorry the lines that we think that separate us are infinitesimally small. So in other words, the line between, let's say, a priest and a prostitute is almost non-existent. And the things that um, connect us are so much deeper than any labels we put on or anything that calls us to think that we are separate then. And so without that separateness, community can blossom and grow as we recognize our love for each other, our need for each other, and ourselves in each other. Mm. That is really beautiful. Thank you. You know, I, you are an Episcopal priest, and I have to tell you, some of my favorite people on the planet are Episcopal priests. So now <laughs> I have another, fam- another favorite person here because I love the work that you're doing. The phrase there's just this really fine line between priest and prostitute is just really haunting and yet so beautiful. Um, let's let's just dig in right there, Becca, because somehow, I can't wait to hear your story, somehow you were called 20 years ago to just begin working with women and helping them heal through this power of love that we're talking with. And 20 years ago, you opened a home for, for women and it's blossomed into something way bigger. But tell us that story. Tell us the story of Becca Stevens and how that first Magdalene Center opened 20 years ago. I think that the, um, the idea of the connectedness and the idea of opening a sanctuary for women started years before that. I mean, my dad was an Episcopal priest who was killed by a drunk driver when I was five. Mm. And like my, many, many, many of the roots of um, women who end up in prison or on the streets, it starts really in childhood trauma. And I think that's some of those roots of the connectedness I learned just by circumstance. And so after my dad was killed, my mom was 35. She had five kids. After that, um, the person who came and took over the church, he was like the elder in the church, began to sexually abuse me in the church. And it lasted for several years. And while I do not compare my story with any of the women I've gotten to serve who have come through the doors of Thistle Farms, I think it gave me enough of the, that abuse gave me enough of a taste of like how it infiltrates your life and confuses you about this world and makes you want to believe that love doesn't heal. And so I think when I opened up the house, literally finally 20 years ago, 
um, I had already had the idea and already had the seeds of how I wanted it to go. It just took a while to get there. But it was really simple. It was like, let's make a sanctuary for women where they can come for two years free with no authority in the house. On average, the women that we serve at Thistle Farms are first raped between the ages of 7 and 11. And they first hit the streets somewhere between the ages of 14 and 16 years old. And so their roots of brokenness and trauma, you know, helped like a boot camp for trafficking and runaways and addiction and all of those things. So I wanted just to open up a single house and invite five women to come in and see what it would be like for us to create community and to not have the triggers of authority and money. Just get rid of those and say, can we be a community and heal together? Wow. Becca, this started from from you and your experience in childhood and just knowing that. And, and so what were those formative years between your childhood abuse and moving into the, um, the church yourself as a leader, but also being inspired and wondering, I love how you put this in a cultural context of when the community really creates the conditions for the trafficking and the prostitution and the, and the addictions, then the community can help heal it. And I'm intrigued by no staff members living in the home, no authority in this home, just five women for free living for, for that. What, what were those formative years and where did that idea come from? You know, I'm not even sure how it all came. I don't know, um, Julie, if you know the whole feeling of, like, this is not my story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. the things that are happening to me are not my story, that there is a better story, there's a more hopeful story. Um, it's part of my story, but it's not my story. My story is also about dreams and hopes and love and all of those things. And it, I'm also, I think of myself as kind of a practical theologian or a practical person. So I wanted it to, um, this idea that community could come together, like you're saying, needed a really practical application or love needed a really practical application. And so even in seminary, when, and I was reading, you know, very inspired people and people who were um, about justice for everyone and people who were about real hospitality and really honoring stories that's what I wanted. And so I think that the ideas slowly came together in that um, I wanted to believe love was powerful. I wanted to believe that, um, I longed to believe that the story could be different. And so it made sense to start small and just, you know, dip my feet in that pool. And looking back 20 years, it's like I believe it so much more now than when I started out. And have seen, you know, such great work. And when you're talking about the community helping out, it's been amazing how people want to hope with you and how people want to come together to say, we don't have to leave certain women behind or certain people out of the system that, that the very community that helped bring women to the streets can be the one that welcomes them home. Mm. What a powerful 
what a powerful story and testament to that. Even just like you said, this isn't our story, but when we really choose that hope and that love, amazing things begin to just emerge and unfold and and everything falls into mm-hmm. place. I, I read your 20-year history and I was like, oh my gosh. It was just like, I imagine when I read your story, you had no idea 20 years ago <laughs> that you would be right here today. <laughs> it's like you just listened and followed, it seems like. So one house turns into many houses, turns into a whole new social entrepreneurship. And all of a sudden you have this global service and stewardship for so many. And you've hit the $2 million mark this year. So we we need to introduce a few more things. So you start with this house and you say, Mm -hmm. well, these women need to have money and to live, right? So, So you begin the next step. Tell us about that. Yeah. So we were about four years into it and we had several homes. And the women were thriving, and they were making restitutions with their families and courts, you know, doing beautiful work on forgiving and um, remembering who they are. They were um, working hard on their recovery. They were, you know, getting to know their children again. All of those things were happening, but they were still dirt poor. And they were not going to find jobs. You know, if you hit the streets at 14 or 15 years old, you can imagine your record is a bunch of blank spots and prison terms. And um, there's not, I mean, you're not a good risk for people to hire. And there's felonies on your record. So I thought, well, we should make something really healing for the body. So we started out with just a simple body bomb. And it has a long shelf life. It made sense. There's old recipes. We know that essential oils are healing and good for us. And we made simple products out of the bomb, and we made um, an, a, a, just a plain soy wax candle with um, essential oil in it so that we could just start our own business. And I didn't know anything about it, and it was back before really social entrepreneurship was a word people were using a lot. We were calling it a cottage industry, I believe. And... We just started making them and selling them, and it was really simple, and then it started growing, and I think it was about 2008, our first global partner, a group of women survivors from Rwanda, contacted us about maybe distributing and helping them grow their business of essential oils that they were making. They'd gone back into the fields um, of the genocide where they had, you know, dug up the bones of people they had loved and where they may have been, you know, brutally sexually assaulted or beaten. And they went back out into those fields and they started planting this healing geranium. So it was like, yes, we'll help. We will do this. And we started blending it into a bug spray. Geranium is an amazing bug spray. And from there, we started growing global partners. We have about 20 partners now. And from there, people from around the U.S. started calling us and saying, hey, we really want to help women coming to us. And what can we do? And there was more awareness in the whole country around trafficking. So we started a national network, a survivor and advocate network so that we could help start other communities around the country. Then we knew that so many people were coming to us to look at this model that we opened up a cafe, new enterprise, so that we could welcome people who were coming in 
to want to learn, and that would open up another eight jobs for women, and it just kept going. I can't even explain how it happened, except it feels like that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's growing organically, and it's growing purposely, because we are just keeping with our mission, and we're just open to what comes around the bend. Mm. So, so share with us your mission because it is really clear um, that all of these things are so interrelated and interconnected and really serving a higher purpose here. What's your mission? Our mission is we are a movement for women's freedom. Mm. And so what we do, that's what we are. And so we are a witness to the truth that love is the most powerful force for change in the world. And we do that through a housing first model through um, women's economic development, and through all the practices that allow healing to thrive. Mm. That is Those are th- very basic, old school stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you say that. And yet, you know, all these synopses are firing off with all these creative ideas of how you did take these simple things. I love that. Housing first. It's it's fundamental, right? Housing, right. safety, security. And then the the women's economic is is so important. It's like, okay, now they need to support themselves and and expand on that. And then those practices of healing. It is simple. Just like you say, and yet it's brilliant. It's brilliant that you, so I got I to gotta back up. Becca, when others are so frustrated with treating addictions or others are looking the other way at prostitute and trafficking, you turn toward them and you loved them through this and brought these simple mm. pieces in. Um, that's, that's not a small thing. That's not a small thing. How would you inspire others to really look at those marginalized and and really feel that, to, to me, it's like this spirit moving that's creative that says there's a different way to love these people and we can do it. It's, it's for the greater good of the whole. How would, what would you say to others when they're looking at the marginalized and saying, we have all these social problems, and things aren't working, what can we do to inspire them to look different? I think that I don't think my job anymore is to inspire people. I've I've started thinking of it as freeing people, that Mm. people are free to love, that all the people who are listening to the show, that all of us have the voices in us that say, you know, people never change or the issues are too big or I'm just one person. There's all these fears that live in us. And what I think that I'm a witness to is to help people be free from that and say, no, that's, none of that is real. It's just like your first question. It's like we are connected. We are a part of it already. You're not on the outside. You don't have to have cynicism in your voice when you're talking about this. I mean, 80% of the women who come into the community of Thistle Farms graduate two years later, you know, loved and more powerful, where they know their story, they know their voice, and they can talk about it. And slowly by slowly, as the old saying goes, it's grown into a movement. So maybe there's, there's about 1,500 women 
who are across the world that are creating products and working together to inspire people to say, you know, the global issues of human trafficking do not get to have the last word. They are old and entrenched issues, but we can be a part of a stronger and older voice than that. And so I want to free people from all that stuff that just keeps them on the sidelines and say, you know, you can be a social media advocate. You can tell your own story in a powerful way. You can work in your own communities. You can work with a small number of people, and it can have a global impact and make a big difference. Mm. And you can buy Thistle Farms products, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I can say that at some point, probably. Yeah, we, we will say it many times because I think that's a really important piece is, you know, the, the thing that I love about your model, and, and we'll talk about that more, but and we'll also talk about the some of the stories after break. We're going to take a break here in a few minutes, but the, um, the products that you're creating aren't like some frivolous thing or it's not like, oh, I'm giving a donation. They're really amazing products. You not only have the candles and the body balm and and then this bug spray, but you're really thoughtful about what you've pulled into Thistle Farms and and what you're creating. I love that. Tell us a a little bit more about the products before we go to break. Well, I will say that there's, you know, there's a huge variety of products and we have been tested and we are of the highest quality. Our bug spray just got you know, independently tested and tested out at 99.7% effectiveness for an all-natural bug spray. It beat out all the competitors we competed against. Whole Foods is just this season carrying us in all 430 stores. But today, I think the product, I want to say, um, when this airs, Hurricane Matthew will have just finished wreaking havoc in Haiti. And we are working with a group of survivors there that make baby blankets and baby hats called Haiti Baby. Mm. And I was thinking about um, those the women there and their vulnerability because, you know, poverty leaves us um, exposed to violence in a, in a whole nother level and injustices and, you know, all of those things. And the women there that we're working with want to be really good moms. And I was thinking in the wake of that hurricane, how beautiful it would be to have, um, you know, just a lot of support for them and be able to say, we're here with you. We're thinking of you. We have sold your products and we are going to come back and we're going to, I was just there last week. And so my heart is really in Haiti right now. I'm thinking about those folks. Mm. Well, that is, that is a beautiful idea. And I'm going to invite you to share your website with our listeners. So where can they go and look up those Haiti baby products, the blankets, and this amazing (laughs) bug spray and other things. Like, I want to, I just want to congratulate you. Getting your products into Whole Foods, every store is no little deal. This is such a cool thing. Yes, congratulations. So share with our listeners, how can they find it? I think this is my first show I've ever, ever gotten to talk about that we are, you know, nationally distributed in every store of a major chain. This is the first time I've ever been able to utter those words. And what that means is that directly translates into women's lives being saved. Saved. Mm -hmm. I mean, women are dying to come in. We have over 100 women on our waiting list. It is 
you know, a huge thing to be able to say, okay, because of this, we can hire seven more women or whatever the number ends up being when this all, you know, comes to fruition. But that people can go to the website, thistlefarms.org, and you'll see we, 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 you know, warehouse and have products from all over the world, including our own 25 different products that people can buy. And it's everything. It's everything from bowls to, um, like I said, baby blankets from Haiti to um, healing oil kits to, you know, things for your home and clothing items, shower gel, anything you need, we got it. You just go on there and look. Nice. Very nice. Okay, Becca, I'm going to repeat that for our listeners. And if, if you're listening and you, you're not catching thistlefarms.org, it is the weed we're talking about. Great logo, great reason why it's thistle. We'll talk about that after the break. But it's thistle, T-H-I-S-T-L-E, farms, F-A-R-M-S, dot org. We're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we're going to hear why thistle? and so much more, maybe even some personal stories of some of these women and and their recovery. So we're going to take a quick break. More with Becca Stevens and Thistle Farms right after this. I'm home and I love it. I'm home where I belong I'm home and I love it I'm home where I belong It's always nice to come home But these days, many Americans are at risk of foreclosure and losing their homes Fortunately, help is available Making Home Affordable is a free program from the U.S. government that has already helped over a million struggling homeowners and we want to help you. I'm home. I'm home. And I love it. I'm home. I'm home. Find out now what your options are. Go to makinghomeaffordable.gov or call 1-888-995-HOPE. The sooner you act, the better chance we can help you. I'm home. I'm home. Where I be. Brought to you by the U.S. Treasury, HUD, and the Ad Council. This week's episode, Danger at the Old Well. Last one to the old well's a rotten egg. Ha ha, I win. Whoa! Ah! Sassy! Johnny fell down the well. I'm wet. What, Sassy? You know where Mr. Gunderson keeps his rope? Go get it, girl. What? You'd rather use his time to set people straight about shelter pet adoption? I'm cold. People shouldn't be afraid to adopt from a shelter? Because shelter pets are screened for sound health and temperament? I'm wet and cold! Sassy, what about Johnny? (laughs) What? Let Johnny sit in the well until he learns to be more self-reliant? Sassy! What did he say? Sassy is brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. Remember, adopt! Come to the forest. It's a place not so far away. A place where you don't have to mow the lawn. Or babysit. I saw lizards and squirrels and bugs. Ladybugs, caterpillars. It's really cool, actually. A place where you don't have to make time for free time. 
lots and lots of kinds of species here. Out here, you may even meet the mysterious creature known as the other you, the enchanted you. It's magic what flowers do. The adventurous you. My favorite tree, yes, is that one. The free-to-be-me you. <laughs> Ask your parents to take you to this not-so-far-away place. Come to the forest, where the other you lives. But first, stop by discovertheforest.org, a public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and maybe even just listen to it again and again. It is so inspiring. Please visit our website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find the archive link for this show as well as a list of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. And also stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I would love to hear from you. I love getting your emails and comments and suggestions. So thank you, thank you for doing that. Once again, we are here with Becca Stevens. She's the founder of Thistle Farms. And um, if you're not inspired yet, just wait. I I just think this whole story is so important for all of us. And Becca, I just want to say um, and, and put it into perspective as we begin the second half is that um, I love your philosophy of helping people be free, freeing them from these old myths, from these limiting beliefs, and really freeing them to be in their creative juices, to really look at all of, look at our neighborhoods, look at our communities, look at things around us, and look at those things that we might have labeled as a problem or anything like that differently in the future. So, so thank you for that. I think that's really important for all of us to say, wow, let's think outside the box and do this differently. And you've done that. And I really want to talk about your program here. But first, why Thistle? Why Thistle Farms? I think that has a meaning for you. Yeah, and thank you. I just want to say again, thank you so much for having us and having Thistle Farms be a part of this great community that you have created and supported to have um have a chance just to talk to this group is a, is a big gift. So thank you. And thank you to everybody listening. The, um, the thistle really, you know, it just made sense. It was the very, um, I don't know, flower or weed, probably depending on your perspective that was left on the streets where we were going to meet women who were still walking there, turning tricks or sleeping in the alley. And it's almost like the thistles left where the places where people haven't landscaped, the places abandoned or the places that you think are scary or unworthy of flowers. And the thistle can grow through anything. You know, when we had the flood back, you know, in 2010 in Tennessee, the thistle survived it all. They have deep tap roots and it can push up through concrete. When I was telling you the story about the women in Rwanda, when we went out there and we went to one of the memorials where 250,000 people were buried, up through the rocks, there was thistle growing. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And um, it just made sense. Years later, I mean, it was probably eight, nine years later, 
when we were trying to make something out of thistle, and we figured out you could actually make beautiful paper out of the down of the thistle. It's almost like silk in the middle. You know, we learned that the thistle is actually used for healing for your liver. It restores and um, detoxifies the liver, which is amazing given the population that we're working with the thistle. It was women who have done tons of damage to their liver through, um, you know, alcohol abuse and drugs and living very unhealthy lifestyles on the street. So we were actually drawn to the very flower that the women might need for healing, and they had their hands in it, and they're blending this paper with it, and they're picking it, and they're breathing it in, and it's very good for us. But, you know, what I love most about the thistle is it has a history of survival by brutality. But even the thistle has this beautiful, soft, purple center that we can make this paper out of. And it is like all of us. We all have these prickly exteriors, um, definitely like the women that I met on the streets. And we have this beautiful, regal, purple, soft center that is stunning. Mm. Stunning is right. Your description is really beautiful. And, and I think about this, some people would call it a weed, and you're looking at it as this resilient thing. And ironically, you know, the, what we may choose to discard or look at as a weed, you're really bringing it in and integrating it into a brand new healing remedy for these people. It's like so beautiful. It's, yeah. it's inspiring. Well, the other thing I was going to say, Julie, is that it's also good business. You take something that nobody wants, like thistle, you create something beautiful out of it, and if people are going to the website of Thistle Farms, you'll see it. We make incredible cards that are pressed, and the thistle's so tough you can sew it once we make it into paper, and so we're able to sew layers together and put pressed flowers on it. But the good business model is our cost of goods are zero for those products. We're able to sell the cards for $4 a piece, so all that money goes directly back into the pocket of survivors. It's great. You know, women are learning new skills, all of that. Yeah. You're brilliant. You're brilliant. And this (laughs) model is brilliant. (laughs) And really, and that's what you're doing with these lives. You are really making a difference. So let's, let's talk about that because we started the show talking about love heals. And I know that's your motto. And you have this program, literally two years, no cost. They graduate 80% of these women that you are bringing in to these homes for free are graduating. And, and not only does this, I, I want to talk about the program first, but this model then is being shared with people all over, whether it's rural or the cities. I know even in my home state of Nebraska, we have a home inspired by you. So this model is working and, and it's an important new way of looking at this. So what do you do with these women? You bring them in. How does love heal? How does this work? Okay, before I answer that, you say so much good stuff in between questions that I have a million thoughts in between the questions. <laughs> and one of them is, is that we're going to be in Nebraska like at the October 20-something. 
in Omaha to help launch another program, mm. another new community starting. And I'll get you all the details on that if you want it. But there's another new community opening in Nebraska that I'm very, very excited about right in Omaha. But what I was going to say is that on that on, on how I was just going to tell a story as an example of how love heals for one of the women. Is that all right? Yes, absolutely. So years and years ago, when we first started out on um, beginning Thistle Farms, a woman came in off the streets and she was, you know, she was dying on the streets. She was a young woman. She had a small child. And, um, you know, one of the activities we do as women come in the community, they learn life skills classes, they go to the Rape and Sexual Abuse Center, they go to financial wellness courses, and this particular teacher that was volunteering to teach the group of women said to them, draw your dream, draw your dream. And she passed out three by five cards, and her daughter was with her, and her daughter, who was sitting right beside her, whispered way too loud so we could all hear, draw a house, mama, draw a house. Mm. This little girl just wanted a home. So Thistle Farm starts to grow. This woman that's come in the program, whose mother really thought she was going to just get a call any day that her daughter had died on the street. This woman became Katrina, the national director of sales for Thistle Farms, and her daughter's growing up, thriving. She builds a house. They move into the house. Her daughter goes to college. And when we started getting into the Whole Foods stores, like I was talking about a couple of years ago, um, she started saying, we need somebody on our sales team just to manage Whole Foods. So this past year, her daughter graduated from college, and she hired her daughter to be the Whole Foods rep for Thistle Farms. Mm. So her daughter came back. She hired her. And then Whole Foods called us this spring and said, listen, we need you to come and pitch the, um, the story of Thistle Farms to all our salespeople. Come out to Anaheim, California. We're having a national sales meeting. So we invited Katrina's daughter, Ebony, to go out, and she was like, I can't. What will I say? And I was like, you're the message. You are how love heals. You have thrived in this community, and now you're this powerful young woman that has a voice and has a calling to help other women find their hope and healing. You know the story from the inside. And you have done such beautiful work in forgiveness, in loving people, in seeing yourself not only as a good businesswoman, but a person who has a responsibility to not leave other women behind. She goes out there, this beautiful 22-year-old, just graduated from college, goes out there and she speaks her truth. And Whole Foods, you know, as you can imagine, there was not a salesperson, probably in, not just in tears, that a once homeless child is leading the path for other women. That's how it works, is that it's not even like you're giving them permission to have a voice. It's like all we have to do is make the space for people's voices to be heard, and they're so powerful. Hmm. It's a beautiful story, Becca. I and I am just stunned thinking about this being the next generation. Like, what an accomplishment to twenty years ago! Just say, we just want a home for five women. We want to give 
five women's sanctuary so they can heal. And here, the next generation is leading the pack and is gamefully employed, professional, and the model is really conducive of that. That's what I love about this is that you are hiring these women, giving them opportunities, and you continue to hire these women. Is that right? How does how does that work? They begin, they're in there, they begin working, but even after graduation, you're really supporting a beautiful economic platform here. So, in this past year, we've been able to put almost, I mean, just right on the edge of a million dollars back into the pockets of survivors, which is, you can imagine, a huge impact on communities. There's an old adage, you know, you rape the women, you kill the village. But if you heal the women, you heal the whole village. You know, and the women who are earning paychecks and becoming economically independent and feeling the love of a, and support of a community, you know, help heal everybody in that community. Um, you know, we want graduates who have graduated that two-year program to be the leadership, to train the next women coming in, everybody in the manufacturing division, all the managers are graduates. And so they train the new women coming through. It's like, here is how you make this product. Here is how you label this product. Here is how you ship this product. Here is how you keep inventory of this product. All those things that, um, I mean, I have no idea how to do any of it. I have no idea. And the other thing I will say is that it's a model of, you know, lighting a candle for the next woman. All the women in there know they're doing this so someone else can find their way in, too. We make the candle and light the candle for the next person. That's the most honored person in the community is the next person coming in off the streets or out of prison. And, you know, we get calls all over the country of, like, there are women, you know, desperate to come in and we don't have spaces. So the more women we can hire, you know, the more hope there is. And so you need good leadership to be able to do that. Beautiful. The cycle is so generative and regenerative. And it is so, I it, it's like... Um, You've not only helped them heal and the community that that love heals, this community has not only helped the individual, but it's created this sustainable platform and this new way of being in the world where all of a sudden they see they're serving the greater whole. And I love that. It's like these women are thinking about the next one that's coming in off the street. They're not thinking about me getting ahead or me... um, needing something they really are working for the greater good absolutely you know and i I have never i've never taken a salary from my work at this farms and i really always have done it out of such deep gratitude for all the mercy i got in my life and um i don't want to forget that and we've never taken any federal or state funding either and it's always been about all of us giving back to each other so that we're all feeling you know, the gratitude and the healing of being a part of it. Mm. Beautiful. How generous and generative. Those are my three favorite words, genius as well. Generative, generous, and genius. This is inspiring. So here we have listeners out there, Becca, who are going, wow, we could use a program like this in my community. What do they do? 
Where do they go? How do they get started? Very first thing is just go to the website. You'll see we have days blocked out, whole days to come do immersion days and come see the community, meet the women leaders, the survivor leaders that are such a part of it. Come ask the question, come immerse yourself for a little bit and sip some of the tea that we brew and taste the food that we offer and use the healing oils and see how you feel and see where it's leading and join the network of people who are doing the very same thing. Mm. Yes, that, that the education piece is so important. And, and not only are, do you welcome them in, but you, you've also written some books. You also get the message out in a lot of different ways. And I heard from about you through, I think you spoke at um, a large conference and inspired so many people there. You're a speaker. So tell us mm. about your books as well and, and the other work that you're doing. I love to write. I mean, I love, love to write. It's, the, it's a big gift to be able to take all these ideas and put them down somewhere and think, there they are, and I can refer to them and I can share them with other people. And, um, you know, I get up early in the morning, early, early, and start writing, and it's my most peaceful, quiet time. But I've written mm, nine-ish books. And one of my friends would say some of them are more pamphlet size, <laughs> but they're, you know, I'm just now finishing a book. That's where I was this summer. I was writing a book called Love Heals for HarperCollins, and it's, it'll be out in the spring. But most of the books are about healing, and they're about um, community. They're about being a pastor. They're about being um, a part of the women's lives for the last 20 years who have survived so much. So there's lots of stories in it in the books and there's one called snake oil that gives you, you know, recipes for making your own oils. It shares the history of thistle farms. Um, they're books that are more contemplative that the path of peace, the path of love, the path of justice. Those are some just walking meditations that people can use, but it's, they're pretty simple. I kind of think that I'm very good at that place where um, justice and arts and crafts kind of intersect. Mm. And so my books tend to be kind of practical, but full of stories and um, I think pretty hopeful. Mm. I know, pretty hopeful. It's, wow, just anything that that you are bringing through is got to be filled with hope that's just part of your dna i can tell it's just amazing mm -hmm. so becca what's when are you that? coming to visit us well i'm like like now <laughs> like i am so inspired <laughs> my daughter and i were just talking because we are going to be traveling and telling the stories of what's really working in our world and what mm. a great place to start you're such an inspiration I appreciate well, we you so much. We would love, love to have you and your daughter, and we will brew you some beautiful, beautiful healing moringa tea made by women in Mexico and blended right at Thistle Farms. And it has, um, you know, it has this whole gosh, taste of um, deliciousness and justice all in one cup. And I bet it tastes like love. You know, I think it's as close as I have gotten. Mm. 
Beautiful. Well, what's next for Thistle Farms? You're going to celebrate 2017 is your 20-year anniversary. And what's next? What do you vision? I imagine, and, and I would love to hear what's inside the mind of Becca Stevens as leading this, but I imagine it's not that you have this really long-term vision. It's almost like you're just being responsive to that that voice of justice as it's right in front of you. So you just go, okay, we'll do that next. But what's next? Well, there's a couple things that are next. One of them that I'm really like just getting my teeth into is there are a whole bunch of women sitting in the refugee camps in Greece that are stuck from, you know, from Syria who have, um, you know, they are survivors if anybody's a survivor. And they are stuck there. There is no place that is welcoming them from those camps. And so we've started working with some of the organizers of those camps. And what we want to do is recycle all the life vests that they used going across the sea and turn them into welcome mats and sell those welcome mats um, here in the U.S. as a sign and, you know, as as a good, but also as a beautiful sign about we welcome refugees. That is what we do. Women who have survived war need a place to call home. So um, we're just starting the prototypes. I'm collecting about 50 to 60 old orange life vests from anywhere around, you know, anywhere here. And we're braiding them and then weaving them into welcome mats. Those prototypes will be finished up hopefully by January, February. And then in March, we'll head over to the camps. And we'll start um, what I hope is a production um, for several women in the camps to start earning money and dreaming about what the next steps are for them. Uh, Won't that, that be takes, fun? Oh, yes. That just, that, it, yes. It takes my breath away. How creative you can be when you're just really in this field of love. Like, Imagine that, life vests into welcome mats for women who aren't welcome anywhere. How amazing is that? Mm. I'm happy to sell you one. I will. Can I buy your first one? (laughs) You can buy my first one. You can be the very first person to own a welcome mat made from the life vest that the women used to cross from the wars. Yes, thank you. I... We'll be so honored to buy that first welcome mat. I am just so inspired. Thank you. Thank you. So, oh, Becca, I want to have you on again. And when your next book comes out, Love Heals, let's have you on again in the spring so we can talk about that. But just in this last, we have about five minutes left. And like you, oh my gosh, I just want to just talk about so many things, but we like to talk. <laughs> I feel the same way. Honestly, Can you? I do feel the same way. Oh, I'm, yeah, I, I wish, I'm going to meet you in Omaha maybe in a few weeks. That'll be awesome. Are you coming out October 20th? Yes. Okay. I'm just going to make a plan. I'm going to make a trip into Omaha. Okay. So this last few minutes, I love to vision this new world into being and creating a positive future. And we've been talking about love healing and this is it. It's working. So by serving this greater good, we've got this formula going and it's, I love it because 
that's it, right? When we see that mm-hmm. we're a part of a whole and we give back to the whole, we're all stronger, we're all better, we're all healthy, and we're all more resilient. So from your perspective, what is one simple shift, simple thing, however you want to say it, that our listeners can really take with them today to really understand how they can serve this greater good and make a difference? I think we have to look at what is exactly around us and find the beauty in it. So you don't have to go, you know, find a diamond to see something valuable. If you can look and see in the pebble that's in your driveway, then that's beautiful. Or you don't have to get a big bunch of roses shipped from Ecuador. You can get you know, you can get beauty from the dandelions and the thistles growing around you. And when you see those things as beautiful and holy and valuable, you start to see the whole world as this place of such value and all the people in it is so beautiful and valuable that you want to be a part of it. And so I would say that the thing that is the simplest thing to do to start that journey or to keep going, the next step for me at least is to look around you and say, this is so beautiful. Mm. What great advice. And look at how you are this living embodiment of that message. You, you look around and you see the beauty in the marginalized that society wants to throw out, right? And you see the thistle and you are making amazing healing products out of what some people think is a weed. I, it's brilliant. Becca, thank you so much for number one, being on the show, but, but more importantly, being in our world and being this beautiful voice for so many on our planet. You are welcome, and thank you, and I cannot wait to meet you in person. Oh, I know. I'm I'm looking forward to this now. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to Omaha. I'm going to go to I'm going to go <laughs> to Tennessee. Now, tell us where you're located again. You're in Nashville. Yes, the manufacturing facility is right here, and some of the some you know the home the home houses where the women are staying are right here in Nashville, Tennessee, and our cafe is in Tennessee. It's at five one two two. Charlotte Avenue, 37209. Okay. And if people are listening and they want to find a place closer to home, they can find that on your website as well? Absolutely. Okay. So go find the services, the homes, the programs. Go shopping and just this Haiti thing is inspiring me. That's what I'm going to splash all over social media for this show. Really is to to look at, see again, it's pertinent. Your your ability to take what's relevant and right here and now and turn it into a service and beauty and love is so exquisite. So I just want to remind our listeners, again, we have been talking with... Becca Stevens from Thistle Farms, and you can find out so much more about Thistle Farms, the Magdalene Program, these beautiful women who are creating amazing products. Go to Whole Foods, go to the website. Again, that's thistlefarms.com. 
Org. So much goodness and beauty right here in front of us. I am looking forward to meeting you in person. Becca, any last words for our listeners? Just a huge thank you. Yes, and thank you to all those brave and courageous women you are working with. Mm, Send them so much love from us. Okay, so remember, we together are creating connections for the greater good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you all a world of love. Bye for now.